After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, good morning, Orchard Church. Welcome this morning. Take out your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Uh, we'll begin in verse 1 in just a moment. As you're finding your way this morning, let me just give you a quick update on our new building. Hopefully you guys have been able to drive by, and, and if you don't, you haven't already, drive by before you leave today. Check out the progress that's going on. We, we have our grading permit, and they're already moving uh, dirt over there and getting all the site plan done. But this Tuesday night, we have a very historic meeting at City Hall here in Brighton at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. If any of you would like to come, you're welcome to come, and we will be bringing our final plan to the city. So hopefully that'll be our final meeting and then we'll have our building permit just to be able to continue forward. So isn't that exciting times here at Orchard Church as we're moving forward with our new building. So hopefully some of you guys can come out on Tuesday night and be a part of that exciting things as uh, we're leaving a legacy with that building in this community. Uh, this morning we are continuing our four-week series on Christmas called Come to Worship and we're talking about four ways that we can worship the Lord. We're using these four uh, symbols we're going to put on the screen. Last week we talked about lifting our hands and worship and praise to the Lord. Um, next week, we're going to talk about pouring out our hearts as an act of worship. And then the final week, right before Christmas, we're going to talk about what it means to bow our knees and worship. But today, we're going to talk about the second week as an act of worship, bringing our gifts to the Lord this Christmas. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is an act of worship. You know, this really ties into one of our values here at Orchard Church. We have 10 values. We mention them all the time. They're on our website. And one of our values we talked about last week, we are worship participants, not spectators. Amen? We want to participate in worship. We've done that this morning. And last week we talked about raising our hands in an act of worship, participating. This week we're going to talk about the value of being church contributors, not consumers, as we bring our gifts to the Lord as an act of worship. And we're going to begin this morning in the portion of the Christmas story in Matthew chapter uh, 2, beginning in verse 1. And this is where our title for the series came from, Come to Worship, as the wise men are coming to worship um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so it says, in Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 we'll pick it up there Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod about that time some wise men from eastern lands arrived from Jerusalem in Jerusalem asking where is the newborn king of the Jews we have saw his star as it rose and we have let's say it together church we have come to worship him we've come to worship him that's what our series is all about growing in the area of worship as we worship jesus this christmas it goes on to say that king herod though was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in jerusalem king herod was a king and he wasn't too excited about another king being born he was worried about his throne and his power and so it says he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked where is the messiah supposed to be born in Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. 
Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. But if you know the rest of the story, Herod wasn't interested in worshiping Jesus. He wanted to get rid of Jesus because he was worried. It says, after this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. It stopped over the place. Now, we tend to read this in the Christmas story and just read past this. Yeah, the wise men came. And we're going to talk about this the fourth week. I know I'm going to really mess up your nativity scenes right now, but history tells us the wise men did not come the night of Jesus' birth. They didn't come to the manger. They came to the house when he was a young child, probably one or two years of age. But you can still put the wise men with your nativity scene. It's okay. They still kind of fit into the whole scope of the story. But what we sometimes forget is how far the wise men traveled to go. They they started in Persia. Persia, what is today modern-day Iran, and they traveled all the way to Bethlehem, some 900 miles, to come to worship Jesus, a toddler who was probably one or two years of age, and they didn't have Southwest Airlines to hop on, all right? They came by foot, they came by camel. This would be like us walking or riding camels from Denver to Los Angeles, and they were coming to worship Jesus. It says in verse 10, when they saw the star, they were filled with what, church? They were filled with... Joy. We're going to come back to that. They were, this is what they were looking for. This is what they're waiting for. This is what they had traveled 900 miles for, to find Jesus, the Messiah. And they were filled with joy. Now watch this. Here's how, because some of y'all are like, well, you know, what do you mean he did, the wise men didn't come to the manger? You know, that, that's just what everybody knows. It says in verse 11, they entered what? The house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down. Let's say it together, church. And they worshipped him. They worshipped him. And how did they worship him? It tells us they opened their treasure chest and they gave him what, church? They gave him gifts as an act of worship of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave him gifts as an act of worship. And don't miss this. They were filled with joy to do this. It says in verse 11, they were filled with joy when they found Jesus, the Messiah, and they opened up their treasure chest to give him gifts. It's hard to put this into our English translation in English language. These, this phrase, filled with joy, comes from four Greek words. It means to be overjoyed, with exceeding joy, humongous joy. It's like joy on top of joy on top of joy. I mean, think about what's the most excited you've been about anything ever. Uh, maybe for some of you, it was last year, you know, in February when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, and it was like humongous, filled with joy, excitement. They felt this way about Jesus, that they had found him and they had come to worship him. And how were they going to worship him? By giving their gifts. What you notice in this passage, it says they were filled with joy. They came to worship. They opened their treasure chest and brought him gifts. It wasn't like, well, here's some gifts, Jesus. See you later. You know, we got to do this. After all, you are the creator of the world. You are the king of kings and lord of lords. Here's some gifts. No, they were excited. That's why the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, amen? They were excited, they were pumped, they were overjoyed, they were filled with joy to give their gifts to Jesus. And I hope this morning that we will capture the same heart when it comes to our giving, that we would give because we're filled with joy to give to the one who's given everything to us. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking, and I see it on some of your faces right now. You're like, oh no, we're here on the giving week. Man, we meant to skip that one. You know, doesn't Pastor Doug know I invited a guest today and now you're talking about giving. I mean, Pastor Doug, don't you realize it's Christmas and we're trying to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and you're going to talk about giving? I'll let you think about that for a moment. You know, we got bills to pay. 
And, and you know, when it, whenever we talk about this subject, you know, about giving, I always want to share my heart. This was a subject I didn't want to talk about at Orchard Church for several years, and I didn't want to be that pastor or that church. And what I realized is if I don't teach you what the Bible says about being filled with joy to give, I'm robbing you guys of the blessing. The same blessing that the wise men experienced as they were filled with joy, overjoyed with excitement to worship Jesus by giving their gifts to him. And so our goal today is that, and through this series, that we would grow in the area of our worship and throughout the Bible and history, giving has always been one of the highest forms and acts of worship. Giving is an act of worship. And you know why? Here's why. You have it in your notes. I hope you'll take some notes this morning. Because love gives. Love gives, doesn't it? When you love someone, you want to give to them. You, you look forward to giving to them. And this started with God. In one of the most famous verses in the Bible, even if you're you know, not used to church or you're new to church, you've probably heard of this verse. You've seen it on a poster board at a football game, you know, behind the goalpost. Somebody holds it up. John what? 3.16. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave, for God so loved the world, us, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Why? Because love gives. You're going to give this Christmas to some family and some friends that you love. I love giving at Christmas. I especially love giving gifts to my wife at Christmas. And I get so excited about giving the gifts I bought her for Christmas. I work really hard, you know, on picking them out that I've learned I have to almost wait to the last minute to purchase her gifts or if I order them that they arrive and wrap them like, you know, a couple days before Christmas because I cannot wait for her to open the gifts that I've gotten her. And she loves surprises, and so usually what happens is I'll wrap one of her gifts, and she'll be in the kitchen, and I'm making my way to the living room to the tree, and I've got one of her gifts, and I walk by, and I make sure she notices me, and I'm like, um! She's like, oh, what you got there? I'm like, a gift for you. And I'm like, here, do you want to hold it? Do you want to shake it? You want a hint? She's like, no, 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 just put it under the tree. Why? Because I love her and I love giving to her and I'm excited and I can't wait for her to open the gifts that I have given her. And we have a budget at Christmas, you know, for each other. I always go over budget. You know, she's like, you always go over budget because I love her and I love to give. Now, let me be honest and keep it real this morning. It hasn't always been that way for me with the opposite sex when it comes to giving. It hasn't always been that way. My wife and I uh, will be married 24 years the day after Christmas this year. And I, and I praise God for that. Amen? 24 uh, years. But when I was dating in high school and I was dating in college other girls that I did not marry, that I did not love as much as I love my dear wife, Shelly, I would break up on like February 12th before Valentine's Day. <laughs> Uh, just because I, I was a cheapo, you know, and then I would find a way to get back together on February 16th. You know, I would break up on December 20th, get back together New Year's because I didn't love them that much, I guess. I didn't really want to give them a gift like I do my wife. Now, listen, don't judge me. Some of y'all are judging me right now. You did it too, guys. And if you didn't, you should have, okay? Because you didn't marry them anyway. Amen, ladies? <laughs> But love, I love to give to my wife. I can't wait to give to my wife because love gives. The Bible says it this way. Paul said in Romans 5, 8, but God what? Showed his great love for us. How did God show his great love for us? By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He loved us enough to give to us. God did not shout his love from heaven. He showed his love on earth by giving 
the greatest gift, the gift of his son, the gift of salvation, because love gives. Let me give you another illustration of how I love to give, especially to my family. Um, I, not only do I love giving gifts to my wife, but I love giving gifts to my, my children. And uh, this last summer, Shelly and I have been known uh, to do a little bit of garage sailing. Anybody else like to go to garage sales? Shelly and I love to go to garage sales in our community. Now, I don't really necessarily love to go to garage sales to buy stuff. I love to go to garage sales to negotiate. I love the negotiation part of garage sailing. And so I'm, oh, I mean, I don't, it's not even so much about what I'm buying. It's like, did I get a good deal? And so Shelly and I, this happens all the time. She, she's not real good at negotiating. I'm the negotiator. And so we have this discussion on Saturday mornings or Friday mornings before we go to the garage sale. Okay, honey, let me, let me coach you up. When you find something you want and you like, this is our signal for the day. You know, this is the code word for the day. Because she gets real excited about it, and then I can't negotiate a good deal. You know, and what's really bad is, well, here's what we've learned. We've stopped going to garage sales in this community because over half of the people in this community go to Orchard Church. And I can't get as good a deal because I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, as your pastor, negotiate a deal at your garage. It's one of the many perks of attending Orchard Church is you don't have to deal with Pastor Doug and his negotiation skills. And so I coach her up, you know, so she's not so excited. And, you know, I'm like, you know, if you, you know, give me the sign and then I'll do the negotiation. And so we work this out. We happen to go to this one garage sale. And as some of you know, my, my son is a baseball player. He's a junior at uh, Peru State in Nebraska. He plays college baseball and he's a center fielder. And I happened to be at this garage sale, and I saw this baseball sitting on uh, this, you know, like, dresser in, in the very back of this garage sale. And it wasn't anybody from Orchard Church, as far as I knew. So I was like, okay, I can negotiate this. And I see this baseball, and it's in this, like, trophy baseball thing, and it has a plaque on it, and it says, Willie Mays. Yeah. If you know anything about Willie Mays, and, and this, this is a picture of the famous catch uh, by Willie Mays. Willie Mays made the famous, what they call the catch. He paid, played for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, this happened in the 1954 World Series in game one in the eighth inning. The game was tied two to two. Two guys were on base. They'd gotten walked, and there was a deep fly ball hit to right center field. If this catch isn't made, they're probably going to lose the game. They actually ended up winning the game because he had this no-look, over-the-shoulder catch. Willie Mays, and he's a center fielder. It's one of my son's favorite players of, you know, history. And so I see this ball, and this is actually a picture of the ball that, that I saw right here on the right. Now, that doesn't look like Willie Mays' signature, does it? I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, this does not look like it says Willie Mays. I don't know what it says, but that doesn't look like a W. It doesn't look like Willie Mays. And so I asked the guy, I said, well, how much do you want for the ball? Because I was thinking, man, this would be an incredible gift to give to my son. I mean, he would be blown away by this. And this, the guy says, well, I want $40. And I'm like, well, is it really Willie May's signature? And the guy says, I don't know. He said, I bought out this sports memorabilia stop, uh, shop, and this was one of the things that was there. He goes, I really don't know. It doesn't look like Willie Mays to me. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't look like Willie Mays to me either. And then I'm immediately thinking, I'm going to get a good deal. It may not be Willie Mays, but I'm going to get a good deal. And so I said, well, what's the least you'd take? And he's like, ah, I'd take $25. And because I'm a cheapo, I'm like, well, I don't want to spend $25 for a baseball. I don't even know who really signed it. Well, about that time, my wife was wise enough to take out her smartphone, and she Googles, you know, sports memorabilia and a, a signed Willie Mays ball. And sure enough, it's the exact same signature, and it matches. And so what does she do? She comes over to me, and she goes, look at this. It's the same one. It matches. Check this out. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, Great. 
the, forgot the code. It went out the window. And so I'm like, wow, yeah. I'm like, well, you never know, though. It could be an imitation. I'm trying to downplay it now. I'm giving you guys my tricks. And so I say to the guy, I say, you know, we... You take 15, he's like, no way, man, I should charge you like 300 now, because the ball's worth like $250, $300, so I paid the $25, I bought the ball, and I couldn't wait to give it to my son, because I love him, and I, I called him on the phone, I'm like, you're not going to believe what I found at a garage sale, I'm coming home, and you know, I'm making him guess and all that stuff, and I, and I give him the ball, and I was excited, it wasn't like, here's your ball, you know, I was like, here is your ball from Willie Mays, and he was, you know, pumped up, and we were all excited, Why? Because love gives, right? Love gives. And you know, Orchard Church, we love this community. We love what God loves, which is people. We love this world. We, we have been able this year to give hundreds of thousand dollars back to this community um, through the school system and, and through our law enforcement and other people because we've been blessed to be a, a blessing in, in this community. You guys, we have five Christmas Eve services planned this year from two, three, four, five, six o'clock. I hope you'll be here. I hope you'll bring somebody. We're expecting about 3,000 people. And we are doing a, a documentary story right now that we're videoing. We have, uh, we partner with what's called Almost Home in Brighton. It helps people who are transitioning from homeless to getting on their feet and getting a job. We've partnered with them. We've adopted a family, a single mom with three kids. And we are going to give them a Christmas they are never going to forget. We've got their story and everything. I'm going to share this at our Christmas Eve service because Christmas is about giving because God gave to us first. And, and you, you want to see this because love, love gives, love gives. Um, right now, we are helping uh, Northeast Elementary up in Brighton. Uh, there's a lot of underprivileged kids that go to that school. Uh, the principal has said, hey, can you help us with coats for our kids and some canned food so you can see the boxes that are out there in the foyer. You can bring in coats for the next couple of weeks. Um, I think they need size like four to 14 kids' coats that are new or gently used because we love this community and love gives. We love this world. And we have three feeding centers that Orchard Church fully supports and fully funds around the world. One of them is in Haiti. And right now we have about seven people from Orchard Church. They are in Haiti today serving on the behalf of Orchard Church. Can we just celebrate that? And this is a picture that they sent back this week. Uh, these are our kids in our feeding center and orphanage there uh, in Haiti. And many of you filled Christmas shoeboxes back in July. Do you remember that? And August, and you gave them, we shipped them over. So they've been giving out these Christmas shoeboxes to kids in our feeding center in Haiti. Why? Because love gives. Love gives gives. Love gives. You know, and, and we care about you guys. And maybe there's someone here this morning and you're 21 years of age or older and you have a legitimate need in your life for food, shelter, and clothing. And because we care about you and we love you, even if we don't know you, we love you. And we want to be a blessing to you. When the offering is taken at the end of our service and it goes by, instead of putting something in, if there's loose cash that would be a blessing to you, you take it out because love gives. Love gives. With the remainder of our time this morning, I want to talk about two gifts I can give to Jesus this Christmas as an act of worship to show our great love for him. I hope you'll take some notes there. The first one is this. How can I give a gift to Jesus? I can give of my treasure. I can give of my treasure. In verse 11 in this passage, it says that the wise men, you know, they bowed down, they opened their treasure chest, and they gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave of their treasure. That's one of the ways that we can give to Jesus this Christmas as an act of worship, is we give of our, our treasure. And I know what some of you are thinking, and I know what you're, you're saying, and I know it's a reality, and I get it. You're like, you know, I do love God, 
And I do want to worship him. And I want to show my love and my worship to him I, I, by giving something to him. But I'm scared. I'm hesitant. I have bills to pay. We're on a tight budget. I don't know how this is going to all work out. It doesn't make sense on paper. It doesn't make sense in my mind. The numbers don't match up. I want to share a passage with you about giving that we so often quote in Proverbs the first couple of verses and we apply it to all kinds of things in our life and we should, but we often miss it's in the context of giving and generosity. And it's in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. When we often quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's say it together. What is, how does it start out, church? Trust in the Lord. Let's try that again. Let's say it together. Trust in the Lord. That's what we're talking about. Trusting the Lord, even when it doesn't make sense to us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your what? Own understanding. I want to give to God. I want to worship God through my giving. I want to show him I love him, but I don't understand it. It it doesn't work out on paper. It doesn't match my budget. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge who? Him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Again, trying to figure it out on our own. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. In other words, God is going to provide for you. Now watch it. That's usually where we stop. And we apply this to all kinds of things in our life. But the context is generosity and giving. And it says, trust in the Lord and do this. Honor the Lord. Everybody say, honor the Lord. Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, honor the Lord. You know what honor the Lord is? It's It's worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Honor the Lord. How do we do that? Honor the Lord with your, what's the next word? Your wealth. That verse of trusting the Lord with all your heart is in the passage, in the context of giving and generosity. Worship the Lord, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your increase, however you get paid. So your barns will be filled with a little? Some? No, they'll be filled with what? Plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That God is going to take care of you. God is going to bless you. But it doesn't make sense in my mind. It doesn't make sense in my budget. It doesn't make sense on paper. It doesn't matter. This is where God supernaturally steps in. And this is the key to giving and giving as an act of worship is that we give of our first fruits. That we honor and worship the Lord through our giving with our first fruits, not our second fruits. Not our leftovers. And if I could just share my heart to help some of you guys. Because I know you love God. I know you want to worship God. You want to give as an act of your worship. But what's keeping you from doing this is you're not giving to God first. You're giving at the end if there's anything left over. And for many, there's nothing left over at the end. And this is what keeps most people from honoring God and worshiping God through the area of giving. There's a story about this. We don't have time to go read it, but read it later. In Genesis chapter 4, four chapters into your Bible, you have a story of two brothers, Cain and Abel. Do you remember this story? And Cain and Abel both were going to bring an offering to the Lord to worship him. And God accepted Abel's offering as an act of worship, but he rejected Cain's offering as an act 
of worship. He rejected it. Now, why? Well, you read in the story, it says, Abel brought of the first fruits of his increase the best. He gave to God his first and his best, and he worshiped God through his giving in that way, and God accepted it as an act of worship. The Bible says that Cain, after the process of some time had passed, he took care of himself, he took care of his family, he made sure all of his ends meet, then he brought leftovers to God, and God did not accept his gift as an act of worship because God wants our first and our best as an act of worship he deserves first and best well we say it this way you have it in your notes we bring our first and best and trust God to bless the rest amen we give of our first and best and trust God to bless the rest this is the 90% rule or promise in the Bible that it, we believe that it's easier to live on 90% that's blessed by God that we've given as an act of worship than try to live on 100% that's not blessed by God One of our values, you hear me mention almost at the end of every service here at Orchard Church is this. We want to be a church that acts our wage. How do we act our wage? By giving first because we have a give first God. Saving second because it creates healthy margin in our life. And then living on the rest which breeds contentment. You know, we, we, need to, we need to get in the habit of giving first. I, I, I don't know how many of you noticed this last week. I thought this was, you know, somewhat ironic and funny and sad all at the same time. But um, last week on Tuesday in America was hashtag Give Tuesday. Did you guys see that? Hashtag Give Tuesday was all over social media. But wasn't it interesting that Give Tuesday followed Black Friday and Cyber Monday? And then Give Tuesday. We should have had give Thursday and then, then the rest. And the same is true when it, when it comes to God. Now, how do we give as an act of worship to him? We give of our first fruits to God, our first and best, believing he will bless the rest. You say, okay, well, how much of the first fruits? Okay, I give to God first and best, but how, how much is there, is there an amount the Bible teaches about this? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. I actually have this in my notes today. So those of you who are wondering, I think the logical place to start is where God started. And I'm not going to take much time on this, so relax, but it's a tithe. It's the Hebrew word ma'aser. It means 10%. A tithe means 10%. Uh, the first tenth belongs to the Lord. You can see it throughout the Bible. In, in, in biblical history, Abraham gave a tenth first to God. Jacob gave a tenth first to God. The Old Testament, there's very specific teaching about giving our first tenth to God. You get to the New Testament, and Jesus said, you should tithe. Give the first tenth to God as an act of worship. Malachi chapter 3. We're not going to go there. Relax. But check it out. It's a whole passage about giving God our first and best, believing he's going to bless the rest, and giving as an act of our worship to him. We taught on this a couple weeks ago in our, in our study of Haggai. And we... we Gave people an opportunity to sign up for a 90-day tithe challenge, you know, to, to see if they put God first and give their best, that God wouldn't bless the rest. And we said, email us your stories. And I've already started receiving almost every week two or three stories of blessings of how God is blessing. And, and I want to read one of them to you real quickly uh, this morning that really blessed my heart because, you know, when God blesses us, it's not always financially. There's lots of other ways that God can bless us as well because God can bless us in ways of things that money can't buy. Amen. Money, the money can't buy. And that's, this is what this story is about. It's about somebody who took the 90-day tie challenge and how God is blessing them with something money couldn't buy. And I want to read it to you. It says, this guy said, about five weeks ago, we started attending Orchard Church and immediately Satan began to attack our family. Because anytime you try to get on the right track with God, Satan's going to attack. He said, my relationship with my wife and children had deteriorated. Work sucked more than usual. Maybe some of you can identify. My thoughts were at times, very sad, suicidal. 
Very honest. My, my thoughts were suicidal. The worst part of all is, is that Satan had convinced me that there was no hope in my life. No hope. Enter the study of Haggai at Orchard Church. Every week I felt a little of the heaviness being lifted off of me. I started rebuilding God's temple in my house brick by brick by brick. When you started talking about the 90-day tithe challenge, I knew God wanted us to participate. I felt this was a way for us to show God that we trust Him and we love Him. With the support and encouragement of my wife, we filled out the commitment to tithe the first 10% on that Sunday. To make sure we didn't come up with any excuses, we even set it up on auto pay online. On Monday, I woke up with hope for the first time in a long time. I believe all this was God's way of calling me home and back to Him. What an incredible testimony. <laughs> See, giving is it's not about finances. It's about the heart. It's an issue of the heart. Jesus said where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. And love gives. We give back to God as an act of worship. It's not something we have to do, church. It's something we get to do. To give back in an act of worship like the wise men did with Jesus to the one who's given everything to us. I love the way Anne Frank, some of you have read the diary of Anne Frank, said it. No one has ever become poor by giving. Isn't that true? No one has ever become poor by giving. And so my prayer for Orchard Church, for all of us, is that we will be filled with joy and excitement like the wise men to give as an act of worship. To give as an act of worship. Two gifts I can bring to Jesus. First, I can give of my treasure. Second, I can give not only of my treasure, but I can give of my time as an act of worship. I can give of my time. L let me remind you that the wise men traveled 900 miles from what then was Persia to Bethlehem. It would have taken them two months to travel by foot or by camel to get to Bethlehem. Two months to get there and then two months to get back. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever ridden on a camel. I actually had the opportunity to ride on a camel a couple of months ago. We took a group of about 20 to, on a trip to Israel. We did not ride 900 miles on a camel. We rode about 10 minutes down a little bit road. And, and this is what it had been like traveling on a camel. This is Shelly and I on our camel in Israel. And uh, notice I let her drive the camel. Okay, normally I like to drive, but I let her drive. So I got to be the backseat driver on the camel. Actually, I remember when I went on the trip, I broke my collarbone. I had surgery the Monday before we left uh, to go to Israel. So I thought it'd be safer if she drove the camel. So she's driving the camel. And so, I mean, it was pretty uncomfortable, you know, even just riding, you know, 10 minutes. Can't imagine riding 900 miles you know, to go worship Jesus on a camel. But this isn't the best picture of, of someone in our group riding on a camel. Uh, we took Carol Besh with us on our trip, and she's in her 70s, and this is Carol Besh when she got on her camel. <laughs> we happened to snap that picture of Carol. She was here in the first service. Now, when we took this picture, we showed it to her. We were in Israel, and I said, Carol, you know this picture is going to end up on the screen at Orchard Church in a message one of these days. And you know what she said to me? I can't wait. She goes, I might come to all three services that day. So she, there she is on, on her camel. But, you know, as we think about this, the wise men, you know, we think, oh, the wise men came to worship Jesus. They came 900 miles, two months to get there, two months to get back. They gave of their time, almost half a year to come and worship Jesus. They gave of their time as an act of worship. They gave of their treasure and their time. Paul said this in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, 
To what? Church, let's say it together. Give your bodies to God. Why? Because of all he's done for you. Amen? We give our bodies. We give our time. We give ourselves because of all he's done for us. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice as an act of worship. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to what? Church, the way to worship him as we give as an act of worship not only our treasure but we give of our time we give of our lives we give of our of our service let me give you just three ways um, quickly that you can give of your time as an act of worship and, and they're not in your notes but you can jot, jot them down there somewhere the first way the most important part of your time that God wants is time with you he saved you he forgave you so that you can have a personal relationship with him it's not about religion it's about a relationship And I hope the time that you spend with Jesus is more than just Sunday morning in an hour, hour and five minute service. I hope you spend time with him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday as you open up God's word and he speaks to you. As you pray and you talk and you cultivate your personal relationship with him. He wants to spend time with you. He saved you. He died for you to have a relationship with you. Spend time with him growing in your walk and relationship with him. Another way that you can give of your time as an act of worship is by sharing your faith with other people that don't know Jesus, your friends, your family, your coworkers. Um, I've been encouraging you guys that during the Christmas season is a time of year when people are more willing to go to church than any other time of the year. And 85% of them, if you invite them to come, they will come. Many of you took me up on that and brought your friends and family uh, last week to our service. Some of them were in from out of town. And you know what happened in our three services? Because many of you gave your time to invite somebody to come. 45 people accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in our three services last Sunday alone. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of our service to pick up some invite cards to our, our, one of our five Christmas Eve services. Give those to your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Give of your time to invite someone so they can hear the true meaning and story of Christmas and maybe accept Christ for the first time. And then another way that we give of our time as an act of worship is in our service. Serving, giving back to Him and serving Him. Uh, Psalm 135 verse 1 and 2 says this, Praise the Lord. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. You know what praising the Lord is? Worshiping the Lord. It's another way of saying worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Him. You who say it together. Serve the Lord. Serving the Lord is a way to praise Him. It's a way to worship Him. You who serve in the house of the Lord, where God's people meet. We call it church. We tell you this all the time. It takes almost 200 volunteers every Sunday here at Orchard to make Sundays happen. We've been doing this for 10 years. This January will mark 10 years that we've been setting up and tearing down here at Prairie View High School and we would not be able, would have been able to do it without the incredible service of time of so many of you. We start at 6.30 in the morning setting up. We usually don't get out of here till one o'clock and it takes almost 200 people to make Sundays happen. Can we just celebrate and thank those many people who serve here at Orchard Church right now? When you... You know, when you pick up your kids, you know, thank those children's workers that are back there. You know, when you see people greeting, when you see people wearing those I serve church, thank them for their service. Or better yet, become one of those people. I mean, if this is your church home and this is your church family, in my family, we all have responsibilities. You know, we all pitch in, we all do our part. We've started something here called Volunteer where we take you on a tour of the various ministries of Orchard Church. And we do this once a month. Next Sunday, we have our next volunteer. You can sign up for it today. And, and this is where we help you find your, your, take your passions and your personality and your availability and you find a place that you can fit in. You can serve, not Pastor Doug, not Orchard Church, but you can serve your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
as an act of worship. That's what it is. And when you serve, those of you that serve, listen, think of it that way. I, I, I'm serving, I'm not serving pastor today. I'm not serving orchard today. I'm serving Jesus today. Amen? We're serving. The Bible says whatever you do, do with you know, all your heart to the glory of God, doing it for him. So I hope some of you will think about that today, signing up for our volunteer so that you can serve as an act of worship. Another way that you can serve is right now, we are trying to uh, get as many small group hosts for next semester. That's where we meet in small groups. It's the relate, uh, part of our reach, relate, reproduce process here. This is where people grow in their faith and they get connected in relationships and people care for them and pray for them. But we need people to open up their homes. You don't have to be a Bible scholar and have all this Bible knowledge. You just have to love people and just pray for people and be willing to open up your home. And so maybe you, God would speak to you to serve in that way, to open up your home as a small group host. We need 50 to 60 of those uh, for next semester. Maybe, you know, you said, we've been thinking about it, we've been talking about it, J- just go for it. And do it as an act of worship to give back to Jesus as you help take care of his family. Be a, be a discipler. Sign up for that to help somebody grow in their faith that way because Jesus' famous last words were go and make disciples. And we want his last command to be our first concern here at Orchard Church. Amen? Those are all ways you can serve because Jesus said it this way. He said, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Serving is an act of of our worship. Right now, I want to show you just a one-minute video of a couple that's been serving for several years here at Orchard Church who understand that their serving is an act of worship and and understand the gift of serving. Watch this. I'm Katie Langmaker. I'm Jeff Langmaker. And we've been coming to Orchard since 2012. You can't, you got to give, you know what I mean? We're taking every day or every Sunday we take we got to give back, and this is our way of giving back. Yeah, and I feel, you know, if uh, you see somebody trying to lift something too heavy or something, you're going to go over and give them a hand. It's just habit, and the church needs help with different things, so you, you jump in and you help. You just feel like you're more a part of the church rather than just a participant, you know, in the, in the seats or whatever. For me, it makes me feel like I'm more a part of it. When you receive a gift and you get that little warm feeling inside, it's the same thing for us. It's just, you know, you get the same feeling that you've gave something. Just a little bit of something out of everything that we're given, that's given to us every Sunday. I serve because I make a difference. I serve because I make a difference. We celebrate that great testimony. Thank you. To all of you here at Orchard Church that, that serve, thank you for those that, who will sign up to start serving and serve as an act of worship. As we wrap this up this morning, our series is Come to Worship, that we follow the example of the wise men, that we would be wise men and women like the wise men, that we'd say, I'm going to come this Christmas, not for what I can get, but for what I can give back to Jesus I want to bring him my gifts, the gift of my treasure, the gift of my time as an act of worship to the one who's given everything to us, everything. Father, we uh, pray that we would understand that it is more blessed to give than to receive and that we would give out of a heart of love and worship, not because we have to, because we get to, because we want to. May we grow in our worship in the area of giving of our treasure and our time to you.
maintain an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed right now. How many of you would just say, you know what, God has spoken to my heart this morning. I really want to grow in the area of my worship by giving from my treasure and my time as an act of worship. Maybe I've never even thought about it that way. I, I want to give as an act of worship to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know this is an area that I could grow in. Can I pray for you? Would you slip up hands all across this auditorium? Just slip them up. Yes, pray for me. I want to grow in the area of worship through giving of my treasure and my time. God bless you. Hands everywhere. God bless you. Father, I just pray that we would be doers of your word and not just hearers, that we'd apply this to our life, that we, we would put feet to it, that we'd put action to it, that we would give of our treasure, that we would give of our time, give of our service back to the one who's given everything to us, and we would do it this Christmas, like the wise men, as an act of worship to our God, to our King, to our Creator, to our Lord and Savior, Redeemer, Jesus Christ. So continue in an attitude of prayer right now. There's some of you here today, and, and God is speaking to you in a different way. God doesn't want a gift from you. He has a gift for you this Christmas. It's the gift of salvation. It's the gift of eternal life. It's the gift of heaven, the forgiveness of sins. I'll quote it again, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, that includes you, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, that includes you, would believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants to give you the gift of eternal life. All you have to do is receive it by faith. Romans 6.23 says the payment of sin is death. That's the bad news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And some of you, you've heard about the gift. You've seen others receive the gift. But this Christmas season, it's time for you to personally receive the gift of Jesus. The gift of salvation. And if that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive that gift. You receive it by faith. You ask for it through prayer. And I want to lead you in a prayer of faith that you can pray from your heart to God's and you can receive the gift of salvation. It's not a magic prayer, magic words, but if you truly put genuine faith and belief behind it, it comes from your heart to God, you can receive the gift of salvation today. The gift of eternal life that so many people around you have received. And it's a gift that you will never, ever want to give back or return. And it's the gift that continues to give for all eternity. Why not receive that gift? So if that's you today, would you pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's right now and receive the gift of salvation? It goes like this. Jesus, come into my life. I want to receive the gift of salvation, eternal life, forgiveness of sins. Thank you for dying for me to provide this gift. I receive it by faith today. Be my Lord be my savior thank you for the greatest gift I could ever receive thank you Jesus thank you so continue with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around I don't want to embarrass anybody I'd never want to do that but I would love the privilege and honor to pray for you if you just received the gift of salvation that's the greatest gift you could ever receive and I, do, I would love to pray for you that you would grow in your walk and relationship and worship of the Lord from this day forward so right now without hesitation if you prayed that prayer with me would you just slip up your hand right now God bless you ma'am God bless you thank you God bless you sir right here God bless you God bless you sir God bless you ma'am God bless you over here yes up here two or three people amen God bless you several people amen God bless you down here sir yes I see your hand God bless you amen God bless you is this get anybody else excited besides me Orchard Church that people are receiving the gift of salvation 
the greatest gift you could ever receive. Father, we just pray right now for all those that have put their faith and trust in you today. We pray that it was real and genuine. I pray that they will walk out of here differently than when they walked in because now they know you. They're a a child of God. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We welcome them into your family. We thank you all. All of us thank you for the incredible gift of your son, Jesus. Those of you that have known you for many years and a long time, those that maybe have known you just since this moment, I pray that we bring honor and glory and worship to you through this series, that we would come to worship you this Christmas in all that we say and that all that we do, bringing honor and glory to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen, amen. Let's welcome some new members into God's family, some brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. Amen. If you raised your hand, you said, I, I prayed that prayer, I accepted Christ, I meant it, please let us know about that on your, your, guest, uh, your connection card there, whether you're a guest or not. Let us know about that. Drop in the offering bucket when it goes by so we can continue to pray for you by name. And we're also going to send you a little book in the mail called Seven Steps to Joy to help you in your new walk with the Lord. If you are a first-time guest today, thanks so much for being our guest. Hopefully you filled out that guest connection card. You can drop in the offering bucket when it goes by. We are not interested in your money today, first-time guest, but we definitely want to get to know you better. We're interested in you. We'll send you a thank you note and a free gift from our church to you in the mail. If you're new to Orchard Church and I haven't had the privilege to meet you, I'd love to do so. I'll be hanging out in the courtyard there after service by uh, the white tent. Next week, we continue our series, Come to Worship. We're going to talk about what it means to pour out our hearts because ultimately that's what God wants. He wants our heart. He wants our life. We're going to talk about that. You don't want to miss it. So come next week, invite someone to be here uh, with you. Right now, we are going to check out what else is going on around here at Orchard Church, and there's a lot. So don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss this. You want to be up today on everything that's happening and how you guys can be involved in that and we are also right now while we're watching the rundown we are going to get to put into practice what we talked about today we get to give as an act of worship so god bless you guys as you give and i love you orchard church